0: <laughs> well, listen, we've been doing this series um, about called The Songs of the Savior, and this song today, What Child is This? And so we're going to talk a little bit about the wise men and some other people that we know from the Bible that were faced with a similar type of option and situation as th- what they had. Um, so we want to watch this quick little video today as we dig into the Word.
1: What child? Is this who lay to rest On Mary's lap is sleeping We can't go back. Not this way. But this is the way that we came. I know. And it will take us directly to Herod. Just as he asked us to do. No, won't do it. We've got to protect this child. Protect him? From whom? We all observed Herod's reaction when we told him of our intentions to go visit this newborn messiah. He told us to return to him to report what we saw. Mm. That's what we're doing. It is the way that he wanted information, assuring us that he was going to worship this newborn king. Did you see his eyes? Did you see Herod's eyes? Mm. They were dead. He's not known for his warmth. Besides, changing course will add three months to the journey. Friends, please, listen to me. Those who came before us were shown the scriptures by Daniel, of course. And then we have studied these scriptures. We've weighed them. We've found everything that there is to find. But we discovered faith. We followed a dazzling star for months. That takes faith. Yes, yes, that is faith, yes. But consider this, we are kingmakers. We have inherited the power to give authority and rule for generations, yes? Yes. I believe that today, today, we have found the one whom I believe we will bow to. What child is this? To whom kingmakers bow? This changes everything. This child threatens Herod. Threatens all who worship power. Oh, no. We are not going to change our plans just because you have some uninformed notion I had a vision. Go on. A dream. Last night. I thought it was just fatigue settling in. But now I know it was a warning to not return to Herod. You might have mentioned this a bit earlier, friend. You are right. This changes everything. This, this is Christ the King Whom shepherds guard and angels sing Haste, haste to breathe
0: Matthew chapter 2 verses 10 through 12 tells us, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to see the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route." You know, in, in telling the Christmas story, we tell the story every year, and I've preached about the wise men before. Um, we've talked about their gifts. We've talked about their journey there. We've talked about following the star, but I don't think I've ever really thought about them going home. I don't think I've ever really thought about the fact that they had to go back, right? And that they had a plan. You know, if you go somewhere, it's generally the quickest way you get there is oftentimes the quickest way back, right? Right? do any of you have a set route that you go? You ever gotten in a car with somebody and they start to go a different way? And you're like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Right? I know, all, I know where the gas stations are. I know the best exits. I know which exits. Listen, on our way to youth trips, I, I calculate, I know which exits have a Chick-fil-A and a Starbucks. And those, we, 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 we measure our gas out. We do everything we can to get to the Chick-fil-A and Starbucks in the same exit, right? When we have this kind of plan, we know how we're getting somewhere. We know how we're getting back. And you know the wise men knew how they got there and they knew the way to get back. But they didn't. Now, we change our minds about a lot of things, did anybody change their mind on what, what, they're, what you're wearing today is not what you started out to wear? Mm. Yeah. We change our mind about what food we like and what food we want from one minute to the next, right? That's not just girls. Guys do that too, right? We change our minds about a lot of things. Um, but how many of you have ever dug your heels in about something? We won't call it stubborn, but you just knew the right way to do it. Me, sometimes, my kids always want chicken tenders. Um, Slim Chickens, Zaxby's, Chick-fil-A. I mean, anywhere there's a chicken tender. But sometimes I just get to the point where I dig my heels in, and I'm like, there will not be a chicken tender sold at where I go eat today. I don't want it battered. I don't want it grilled. I don't want a sauce to dip it in. I do not want a chicken tender, right? We can dig our heels in about some choices, big and small, right? But change is a part of life. However, it's a difficult part of life. And we hear this story, and it's so amazing, the truth that can be trapped in just two little verses, right? We see these wise men, and they have followed this star, and they have found Jesus. And then it says they were warned in a dream not to return, and so they went another way. Gosh, dreams can be unreliable. I had a dream last week that my friend Carla and I robbed a bank while riding horses. Now, she has horses, but I do not know how to ride a horse. And I think we would be pretty poor at being bank robbers, right? I mean, dreams aren't always reliable, right? I didn't wake up the next day and be like, Carla, saddle up, right? It could have been a combination of listening to Pastor Jeremy's message last week and the fact that I made Jack go home and turn on my Spotify and pull up Stephen Curtis Chapman's Saddle Up Your Horses. Um, it was in time, time for him to meet some 90s Christian music. But listen, a dream can be pretty unreliable, but yet they knew that this was a divine dream. They had this warning and they knew that they had to change course. You know, once you encounter Jesus, there's um, a lot of changes that happened, some moments of profound change that can change the course of our life not just our physical life as far as where we live and where we go and what we do, but also our spiritual life. But change is difficult. You know, I think we celebrate that first change in a relationship with God. We celebrate that moment of salvation, right? That moment of changing direction and course in your life, going from not walking in God's way to following God's way. But that's not the only change that comes in a life where we follow Jesus. There's a lot of them. We aren't necessarily known as adults, right, at being people who change our minds easily. I'm not. It's hard to change our minds when we make a decision. We can dig in, assume we know the right way. But you know what? A relationship with Jesus, there's going to be moments where we have to change Moments that we have to embrace the new direction that God has given us. And listen, the wise men were given a divine dream. And was that dream going to provide them with protection? Was it safer for them not to return at that point? Absolutely. It was the best for their physical life, sure. But ultimately, that decision was about God's divine plan. Now, here's the thing that's important to note. God would have protected the holy family no matter what the protection of of Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus would have been secured whether the wise men had followed that direction or not. God's plan will not be thwarted. But their place, their act of obedience, secured their verses in this story of God. It secured their place in God's plan. Their willingness to change direction, physically change direction, to heed this divine dream, this calling, this nudge that they felt to go a different direction, it secured them a place in history of God's plan. I promise you, God will accomplish what he plans to accomplish. The question is whether you will be willing to let your heart be changed and be led by him in a direction which will allow you to be a participator in what his plan is. And that is a challenge. And that takes humility. Now, listen, that was a divine dream, right? That's one of the ways that God spoke to people in the Old Testament was through dreams, through angels, through prophets, right? But where do we see this same type of thing take place in the New Testament? Well, we have two instances right back to back in the book of Luke that take place with one-on-one encounters with Jesus, Let's look at those. The first one is in Luke chapter 18, verses 20 through 23. You know the commandments. This is Jesus talking. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. This is the rich young ruler as we know him. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything that you have and give it to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Then in the next chapter, in Luke chapter 19, verses 5 through 9, because of this man, too, is the son of Abraham. Two men called to change their minds, to alter the path of their journey. Listen, consider this. The rich young ruler was wonderfully religious. He followed all the rules. He honored God. He was a guy you would look up to. Listen, I'm telling you, at the church youth group, all the moms were pointing their daughters in his direction. Listen, it just said he honored his parents. I mean, he was nice to his mom and dad. He knew and followed all the rules. And did we miss miss the rich part? Right? You know, every mom was pushing her daughter towards him and his mama. Hi, how are you? How's your son? Talking to anybody? Right? Come on. We know how this works, right? He had this image together. He was doing what he was supposed to do. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us that he turned from God and ran and never went back to church. Side note, he probably was still looked up to. He still had money. He just couldn't make that change. But then we have Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector and a trader and a cheater. And he says yes. Just like the wise men, they were both given a divine calling to change their minds about who they were and what they served. The wise men served Herod. They were king makers. They were respected. Their word meant something. But they were confronted with a decision about who they really were. And what they really served. The same as the rich young ruler and Zacchaeus. Who am I and what do I really serve? And listen, the rich young ruler, it says that it made him sad. Change is hard. Hear me on this. The rich young ruler was already following God. You can follow God. And still not make the changes that you need to make in your life. You can follow God without really following his path for your life. It made him sad. Guess what? When we look at Zacchaeus, we celebrate this. But you know what? Change was hard for him too. And it was costly. It cost him everything and then some. Everything he had stolen and more. It cost him everything. Change was hard for Zacchaeus too. Don't get it wrong here. Don't look at this story and just see happy little fat short man Zacchaeus running after Jesus, right? And think, oh, he was so happy. Guess what? It was still hard. He still had to give up everything and go back to all the people he had wronged and make things right. Change cost him something. It was costly but it was what was needed for him to follow the path that God has for him. Listen, in John chapter 16, verse 33, there's a verse that so many of us know. It says, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Listen, a journey with Jesus isn't always easy. And changes can be hard, but the destination is worth it. Now now here's a question that we have to ask ourselves. Can we see where we've dug in our heels? Can we look back and see where maybe we regret the moment we had an opportunity to change and we didn't? Where we didn't listen to that divine plan? If you think that the moment you accept Jesus, that there's no more changing left to do. You're, you're missing out. Because it's a death to ourselves every day. And it's a renewing of our mind always. And it's constant change. Constant coming before him and saying, God, what is the next thing for my life? It is sacrifice of comfort and the easy way. It is fighting against our fleshly temptations and knowing that even though it's hard, the word of God promises that there is no temptation which can overtake us. But that doesn't mean it won't try and it's not hard and we don't have to make the right choice. It's also knowing and being humble enough to know that just because we know God doesn't mean we know everything. And sometimes we are wrong. I say it softly so it doesn't hurt as bad. But sometimes we are wrong. Sometimes we don't get it right. Sometimes we're on our high horse And we need to get knocked off of it because it is costly, but it is worth it to go the direction that Jesus wants us to go. And the real question I have for you is if you haven't had to make some changes in your life of late, are you still... On the right path. If nothing about your life has changed. Honestly, if there's no conviction in your life for some of the choices that you've made or the things that you've said or the things that you have been thinking about, are you on the right path? Because here's the thing. See, for God to get a message to the wise men, he had to give them a divine dream because he wasn't able to come and talk to them personally. There was no way for God to interact with man at that point. It wouldn't be safe for man. And so his only way to get a message through was through an angel or a dream or a prophet. And then in the New Testament, Jesus was physically there. So guess what? He came and had one-on-ones. But see, here's the thing. We don't have to have that because the Holy Spirit was deposited in you the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. So the Holy Spirit is not just about fire. The Holy Spirit, it says, is a guide. It comforts and it directs. You have the ability to discern and know the direction you want to go. But old people, me included, we expect young people to change. Oh, they're going to learn the older they get. The moment we stop realizing we could be wrong, the moment we start thinking we have it all together, is the moment the path goes on and we don't. And so, at Christmas, we have these stories that we have read a hundred times and we have acted out a hundred times. And we've broken down the meaning of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And we've looked at the shepherds But look for a moment at their lives, their everyday lives, and think about how much the decision to follow Jesus disrupted everything. And think about the stories of the rich young ruler and the like who just decided they couldn't. I don't want to be the one who said, that's not really for me. That's too hard. (laughs) And sometimes it is about physical choices and decisions that you have to make. But let me tell you something so many times it has to do with humbling ourselves, humbling ourselves. So many times the direction God is taking us is to ask for forgiveness or to get over a fence and to lay these things down because the path and the direction that he has for us, there are things for us to do, but we can't do them if we can't allow him to change our hearts and minds and alter the direction and course of our life. So will we, Truly embody what this story is all about. A baby came in and he changed the world. Did he physically change the world? Not really. What did he change? Hearts, minds, the norm the expectations, lives. He completely altered the path. And that's how he changed the world. And it's still how he changes the world. He didn't really change a lot of the systems. You know, that was one of the reasons they were frustrated at him. They wanted him to take the throne, the physical throne, And he didn't because he's not really in the business of laying down a rule for us, right? That's what he came to abolish because, see, if we can change our hearts, then we will make the right decision. He changed everything. And he is changing us. And it is hard at times. And it is costly at times. We see that line that says, and we talk about how the rich young ruler was sad. That he left grieved. But it wasn't because he had to go get rid of everything. It was because he knew he'd made the choice not to. He knew he was making The wrong choice, but he knew that was the choice he was making. The only person that could make a different choice was him. No one could do it for him. Romans 12, 2, as we wrap up today, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. There is a good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. It is not absent of trouble. It is not a promised blessing all the time. It is not unlimited wealth and unlimited health. Those things aren't part of the promise. Healing is a promise provision is a promise. But listen, we wouldn't need verses like, take heart, I have overcome the world, if we weren't going to have to face trouble. We wouldn't need verses that said, I have learned in all things, whether in want or in plenty, that I can, nothing is impossible with God. We wouldn't need those verses if life was going to be easy the moment we decided to follow Jesus. It's not always going to be easy. But we take heart because we know that we were following him and our destination is worth it. And so if we want to know if the change we are sensing within our spirit is the will of God, we test and approve that will of God because we know that that phrase renewing literally means a change of heart and life. Things within our hearts and lives will continually change. We will grow. We will learn. We will change. We will be wrong. We will be right. We will be humble. We will follow him. It may not be a dream. Like I said, clearly I'm hesitant to heed my dreams. (laughs) And as much as it would be so helpful if it was a one-on-one with Jesus, if we could schedule just a moment (laughs) of his time face-to-face, he really did make it so that we have access to him all the time. It's one of the most amazing parts of what Jesus did, was to tear down that barrier between God and man to give us his spirit in us at all times so that we really can discern and know what God's perfect will is for our life. But if it doesn't involve change ever, if there are not things we have to give up, work through, process, lay down at his feet, if we're just coasting, we're probably not following that path completely. Man, that's hard. But it is hard. We don't know what happened to the wise men when they got back. Sure, that was an interesting conversation with Herod as to why that journey took three extra months. We don't know what happened to them. But we do know that they are listed in the story of Jesus' birth in a place of honor because of their obedience to God's calling. And it is greater to be considered in that list than in any other. What an upbeat, happy message for the Christmas season. I should have brought some little gold coins to pass out or something to make it cheery today. But the truth is, really, the story of Jesus' birth, it's, it's magical, and it's wonderful, and it's marvelous, and it's incredibly special. It's unique and beautifully crafted in only a way that God could write just like your life, uniquely crafted in a way that only he could write. And it is only because of that beautiful story that all of the things that you've gone through, the hard things, the wonderful things, the difficult things, the mistakes, the failures, the in-betweens, it is only because of the beautiful story written with a baby in a manger that that story of your life can be written into a beautiful story. Beauty from ashes. All things working together for your good and his glory. And that truly is the miracle of Christmas. Because he said yes, we get the privilege of saying yes to and following him wherever the path may take. Let's pray today. Lord Jesus, I thank you so very much. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for choosing to come as a baby, to live a perfect life here on earth, to show us the way. Thank you for your spirit that lives inside of us, that guides and directs us, I pray today that you would help us to tune in to your spirit ever closer every day so that we truly can test and approve what your perfect will is. Give us the courage to change course. The courage to change direction, to say yes, even when it's difficult even when it's hard. Help us to see your perfect path and plan for our life. In Jesus' name, amen.